Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show. Jake Scott on vacation. I'm Scott Gerard filling in alongside Gordon Monson. I hope you're having a tremendous Monday. Time to talk a little NBA. Sarah Todd of the Deseret News, kind enough to join us. You can follow her on Twitter at NBA Sarah. Sarah, how are you? Not too bad. I'm getting a lot of sleep these days. Now the season is winded down into the the quiet part of the off season. So this is this is if you're going to reconnect with family and try to reestablish some relationships, you probably had to you haven't been able to connect with for the last several months. This is about the time of year to do it, right? Yeah, usually uh, August is the quiet month this year with the extended um, season and schedule. The you know summer league leaked into August, but this is this is it. August is the month. This is when people get to see me, and then and then they don't. <laughs> so you doing anything fun? Um, it depends on what you consider fun. <laughs> like I said, sleep is a hot commodity in my line of work. So. <laughs> No doubt about that. All right, so now that Summer League's over, now that everything's kind of in the rearview mirror, kind of give uh, the Sarah Todd grade on how the Jazz have handled themselves in the offseason and how much improved they are going into this next season. Yeah, I think that the you know the Jazz were never going to do anything big and splashy this offseason. It's not like they were going after like huge free agent names. The the whole goal was to, you know, add around the edges of the roster and kind of sprinkle in things that would make them more versatile, maybe give some more experience to the depth on the roster. And I think that they did that. On paper, the Jazz got better this offseason. You look at the addition of Rudy Gay. I mean, if you're going to replace George Niang's minutes with Rudy Gay, that's an obvious upgrade, I think, for anybody looking at that. And then he also gives you the option of having a, a really adaptable small ball five. And that's something that the Jazz just didn't have to work with at their disposal, at least not at the experience level that they had that they have now with Rudy Gay. And then with Hassan Whiteside, I mean, it's such a low-risk, high-reward move at a minimum to have someone that can come in and back up Rudy Gobert. And Whiteside can also, I mean, he's a rim-running big, just like Rudy is, so it gives continuity to the roster. And if you look at, you know, Eric Paschal, I don't think that we're going to see a lot of him in the rotation. It would surprise me if we did. But it's an incredibly savvy business move for the front office to bring in Donovan Mitchell's best friend because if, keeping your stars happy in this league is half the battle. Sarah, it doesn't happen very often where you have a rookie come in and make any kind of dent at all in a positive way. But uh, what are you hearing about Jared Butler? Is this a kid who's mature, who could maybe have at least a shot at doing that, or no way? There's definitely a shot. I mean, there's always a shot. With him, I think there definitely is a shot because the maturity, like you mentioned, is is big with him. I mean, he he's the kind of guy that comes in and <clears throat> he's already asking a ton of questions. He knew he wasn't going to play in summer league, but he was out there, you know, with the guys and watching everything that they did. He was sitting with them on the bench. I mean, that's 
you don't have to do that. You don't have to be there. And then it's not like you were just doing it for appearances because it's not much of an appearance once you've already, you know, been signed and have some guaranteed money and you're not going to play. And I, from what I've heard around the league and from a lot of like scouts and people who have talked to him and who know his situation at Baylor, they're, they're very surprised about how low that he fell in the draft down to 40 because he was considered to be a lottery talent. And so I, I would not be surprised if he worked hard and then got an opportunity to come in and get some minutes and surprise people. That being said, like you said, rookies rarely do that. And so if he doesn't get a ton of minutes, did a ton of run this season, that also wouldn't surprise me. Sarah Todd joining us from the Deseret News right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Um, with the uh, And again, you don't expect these guys to do much outside of maybe kind of a break glass in case of emergency type of player. But, you know, in the summer league, I thought Trent Forrest played well. I thought that there were some good moments from Doak as well. Uh, let's talk about those two players and, and what, kind of, uh, what kind of role you anticipate them having on this team. Well, I mean, we've, I think that Drent Forrest, getting him on a two-way was probably pretty – that's a steal for the Jazz yeah. because he could have signed a contract in this league with any team. I mean, he's a, he's a guard that is ready to play minutes. And so getting him on the two-way is just, again, another savvy front office move. But him, as well as Jared Butler, I think the thing that they'll have this season is maybe more of an opportunity that they would have had in other seasons because – this was a shortened off season. And as we saw last year, delivering a playoff, delivering a healthy roster to the playoffs is, I mean, that takes diligence and works throughout the season and a whole lot of luck. And so if you've got two guys like Trent and Jared Butler who are able to come in and kind of relieve maybe Mike Conley, maybe Joe Ingles on some nights and have some of the, you know, more veteran players get some rest throughout the season and you can rely on them to play, make and handle the ball. I mean, that's just a bonus all the way around. And so, you know, we might see Mike rest a little bit more because he did take off back-to-backs and he did take off some time last season and it just still didn't work out. He still had trouble with that hamstring. And so, you know, there, there's nothing to say that those guys couldn't have a little bit more of an opportunity this season just because of the way the Jazz want to go into the postseason. But like you said with Trent, I mean, he still has to work on his shot. That's really the only flaw in his game. If he could shoot the ball reliably, I there's no way you'd be able to get him on a two-way. He's really, really smart. He sees the court well. He has really incredible passing IQ, and he knows how to get to his spots once he's in the lane. And so he's really good. And for Doak, he's you know he's he's strong, he's big, and he dunks hard. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's really the job for him. And uh, one of the things that you'll need to see is like in his development trajectory is he wants to block every shot, and so when he's and he's able to block jump shots, which is really valuable for someone at his size, and he's quicker than you think he is at that size. But he wants to block all of them. And so he has to sort of just get better at timing and decision-making because some of those, when he misses those jump shots that he wants to block, then he's out of position for the rebound. And so the other team can just get a putback. But once he gets down the timing and he's not chasing every single block on the floor, he's going to be a really traditional style big. And those haven't left the league yet. 
You mentioned earlier that Eric Paschal, that addition uh, as one of Donovan's good friends, is a savvy move, and I agree with you 100 percent. Have you heard anything, Sarah, about where Donovan is now? Because what we were hearing was that after that playoff loss, he was just torn apart and really upset and and emotional about the whole thing. Has that uh, simmered down a little bit? Is he looking forward now? Yeah, I mean, he's you know been congratulating and uh, talking to the players that have you know newly acquired by the team. And he he talked to Mike Conley. He's in a group chat with those guys. He's enjoying himself somewhere tropical right now, as NBA players are wont to do in late August. But what we know about Donovan, like we know that about him. We know that he has kind of a hot temper and that he gets riled up really quickly and it takes him a minute to cool down. We've seen that many times before. We saw it after the league shut down in March of 2020. We saw it again when the training staff didn't want him to play at the start of the playoffs. He gets really hot and then he cools down and he comes back to back to earth a little bit. So that's as long as you know his personality and you know how to manage that, that shouldn't be a problem. And honestly, for, you know, a guy playing professional sports, it's surprising, I think, when people aren't that passionate and don't get mad about situations. And so I don't think that's a knock to his personality at all. I don't think that it's much of a negative. It's just something that we know about him. And so I'm not, I'm not worried about that. If you could um, project uh, best-case scenario, uh, but also be realistic on games played for Mike Conley this season, would it be 60, 65? What would that number – what would be a successful amount of game realistic games played for Mike Conley this upcoming season? Well, I mean, the – the season was 72 games, and he missed the second night of back-to-backs in almost all of them. I don't have it in front of me exactly the nights that he played last season, but I I wouldn't be shocked if it was less than 60. And honestly, I think that it would be a success if he played, you know, 55 games. And I know that that would be missing a lot of games in the season, but if he played 55 games and he was effective and maybe that means sitting out the second night of back-to-backs or the, if they play, you know, two and three nights, then maybe not playing one of those games. So depending on the length of a road trip, maybe using one game on a long road trip to just rest and recuperate. I don't think that would be cause for concern at all. And I think that the jazz really do need to be as cautious as possible. And so I mean, if he ended up playing 60 games, I think that would be an incredible success, especially if he were able to play 60 and also go into the postseason completely healthy. You know, when load management first came out, I loathed it. I didn't like it. I thought uh, the paying customers should be able to see these players play. But if your goal is to win in the playoffs, and we saw a year ago how the Jazz did so well during the regular season, but uh, were dinged up in the in the playoffs a little bit, it it does it work, Sarah? Does load management work? Have there been any studies on that? Because the most famous guy for that is Kawhi Leonard, and he got hurt during the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, but we also saw, you know, Kawhi Leonard uh, completely in charge of his own load management in Toronto, and he won a championship too. But to your point, there's a ton of science behind this. Like, there's, there, 
these guys are tracked so much and the research that is consistently happening about you know how many days of rest a guy gets in between games or how much sleep a guy gets or an athlete in general before they play a game and that the relationship that those that data has to soft tissue injuries or the you know the ability to recover more quickly from injuries all of that is being researched and used constantly in the NBA. I mean, these guys have uh, so much tracking and data that's being gathered on them consistently that it's almost kind of scary. But, I mean, they, the NBA would not, like, lessen their product, like you said, like taking the stars out of games that people want to watch. They wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't going to benefit them in the long run. Because the bottom line is that the NBA is a business, and the bottom line really matters to them. And so they wouldn't be allowing their teams to do this if there wasn't science and data to back it up. And it absolutely does. So, Sarah, the uh, wizard down in Vegas, as Jake likes to call him, have pronounced uh, the over-unders on total victories this coming season. And the Jazz were tied for fourth. The Nets at 55 and a half, the Bucks at 54 and a half, the Lakers at 52 and a half, and the Jazz tied with the Suns and the Sixers at 51 and a half games. I know I don't suggest that you bet on in any way, shape, or form. Entertainment purposes only. <laughs> yes, yes. But do you think the Jazz will win? Would you go over or under? That's the question. If I was a betting woman, <laughs> I would. I'd probably take the over. I mean, they won 52 games in a 72-game season with just about the same roster, and they're going into it healthy, and they're going into it, I think, upgraded. But, you know, it also brings into question, like, what what are the Jazz searching for right now? Because they won the regular season last year, and so they've kind of marked that, and, like, you know, they've got that notch on their belt now, and that's not exactly what they're interested in. I don't think that's what the fans are interested in either. You know, winning the regular season was good once, and now they they want to do more in the postseason. A second-round exit just isn't going to cut it again, you know? And so I think that if, you, if they wanted to maybe rest guys more, maybe, you know, try out different lineups if they were going to experiment more, which I don't completely expect from this team, from Quinn Snyder, and sacrifice some of those regular season wins so that they're more prepared for the postseason, I think that's really smart and that's an absolute possibility. But, I mean, if we're looking at the success that the team had last year, I'd take the over there. Sarah, appreciate it as always. Uh, great conversation. And uh, I know you may not be, but I think we're all looking forward to September and get this thing going again. Get some sleep. Uh, I'm always looking forward to it. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah Todd, uh, beat writer for the Utah Jazz for the uh, Deseret News right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Go over or under? Oh, over. Yeah, yeah 51 and a half. Yeah. Remember, we're back to an 82-game schedule yeah. next year. Yeah. I wonder why, I mean, I would think higher for the Nets, Bucks, Lakers, and Jazz, and the Suns and the Sixers probably too. Those numbers seem low to me. Uh is that just because of the possibility well, for injury? And, and then like also said, know that these lines are set to make money. Yeah. So they're not necessarily a prediction in terms of uh, what people think are going to happen. It's what's going to influence enough people to throw their money down. Like they're hoping that a lot of people 
are going to drive down to watch BYU play Arizona and then throw a few nickels down on the Jazz on the over. Mm-hmm. And then that number will you know adjust accordingly. But All right, so let's look at this. Your number one seed last year was the Jazz, Phoenix the two, Denver the three, the Clippers the four. So Clippers will probably be without Kawhi Leonard for a good chunk of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murray's injury happened in, I think, early April. So Denver's going to be without him for a while. They still have the MVP. Phoenix just re-signed Chris Paul, so they're going to be a problem. Um, Dallas should be better. Portland Portland just seems to do what Portland normally does, hang in there in that <laughs> four to seven range in the playoffs. Um, you know, the Lakers, look, they're going to be back, and they'll do what the Lakers normally do. So... Um, what was so? Who was number one? The, the Nets, Nets fifty-five and a half. Nets at fifty-five. Then the Lakers. The at, Bucks at fifty-four and a half, and the Lakers at fifty-two and a half. That's going over. I bet you all those folks down in L.A. are going to. Lakers bet the at fifty-two. Over. Yeah. <laughs> Duly noted. Scotty's taking notes over here. Entertainment purposes yes, of only. Course. I can make a phone call during the break. I'll get back to you. Comes gotta, another email from Adam Silver. I got to call my buddy Saul over on State Street. <laughs> How's Saul doing? Uh, he's minus a kneecap, but other than that, he's doing all right. <laughs> Did he get it blown off? Yeah. Or, you know, Nancy Kerrigan, you know, one of the two. Oh, nice. No, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, those are interesting numbers for sure. How about the Bucks at, what was it, 54 and a half? Mm hmm. Hmm. All those numbers sound low. I wouldn't to me. touch the Nets or the Bucks. The Lakers and the Jazz are intriguing numbers for sure. The Nets because but it's essentially, a higher number, but or it's because a, you think they are prone to injury. Uh, yeah, it's just an unknown. But but essentially, what you know, you look at that as the Jazz at fourth. But essentially, they're saying the Jazz are the second best team in the West. Well, yeah. If yeah. you want to look at it that way, well, tied with the Suns. Oh, the Suns have the same number. Yeah. Okay. You think the Suns repeat the same magic they had last year? I think I think they're positioned to do so. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think they I think they're pretty darn good, Scotty. And that that's going to lead to some pretty hotly contested battles yeah. with the Jazz, I think. All right, it's the big show. Uh Jake Scott out, Gordon Monson hanging out as always. I'm Scott Gerard filling in for Jake. It's all right here on 97.5, 1280 the zone. Josh Newman joins us next. We'll talk about that quarterback battle and What swayed the scales in favor of Charlie Brewer? We'll talk to him next right here on the Zone Sports Network. This is DJ and PK. We're joined now by Dick Harmon, sports columnist for the Deseret News. Some talk about Kwani and being extended and not being extended and, you know, how long they're going to let it play out. How do you view this situation? You have Mark Pope being backed by the owner of the Utah Jazz, a person that's put up money for him at Utah Valley and at BYU. Now you've got Kalani coming in with the guy with Bill Bar, and it's his buddy, and he's got a pocketbook that's pretty deep. So Kalani now has his guy in his corner, and he's got leverage now because of what's happened with his friend and his connection in talking to those who are very close to Kalani is that he's approaching this with humility. He's saying, I haven't done anything yet. I've got to do something. I think that's where Kalani's coming from is that he wants to prove even more and then come in with his money back and say, okay, let's get it done. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
BYU getting set for the start of the season just one week from Saturday as they get ready for a showdown against the um, against Arizona in Las Vegas. A lot of people obviously talking about the quarterback battle at BYU. Aaron Roderick talked about well, who's been turning heads of the wide receiver position. I could mention Neil Pau, but to me, that's no surprise. He, to me, he was one of our best players last year. I, I don't know why he doesn't get mentioned as much as some of our as some of our guys last year. But he had a great season last year, and he's he's a really good football player. Gunner did some really good things today. He was had a good year last year as well. And then Puka, man, he he plays at a he plays at a really high level. He plays so hard and so fast. You know, we get those guys on the field together. It's a pretty fun group to watch when you add the, our tight ends and our running backs to that mix. So those are some guys, I mean, we already knew those guys were good, but they're all better than they used to be. They're all getting better every day, and that's that's pretty cool to see. This update brought to you by SNS Roofing, your locally owned roof repair expert. For a free quote and for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's the Big Show. Jake Scott alongside Gordon Monson. Jake's out this week. I'm Scott Gerard hanging out with Gordon, which is always a pleasure. Man, Scotty, it's good to hear those velvety tones of yours. <laughs> no, that's. Uh, Big man upstairs didn't give me a lot to work with, but gave me a pretty good voice. So he gave you that. There you go. Sure. Hey, it's no mystery. Utah's an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. It is the Smart Rain guest line. And joining us now from the Salt Lake Tribune, Josh Newman, who had the story that Charlie Brewer is the starter uh, for the Utes uh, when they kick off next week against Weber State. Josh, how are you? Boys, how we doing? Congratulations, good. man, on breaking that story, Josh. That's good stuff. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, look, uh, Kyle Whittingham doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't offer his entire hand, but he, you know, he'll uh, he'll lead you down the road sometimes. And you know, Saturday they get done with a a second and final scrimmage, and he said that they're going to make up their minds uh, Saturday night, right? They were going to watch the film, and you know, when practice reconvened today there was going to be a quarterback in place. So, you know, we got that done, and uh season's almost here, and they have a quarterback. So, Josh, realistically speaking, was this a battle? I mean, everybody said it was, everybody got reps and all that other stuff, but was this job ever in doubt for, for uh, Charlie Brewer? Uh, I don't know that it was in doubt. I'll say this. I mean, look, Brewer came in here in January at a time when Rising was not able to compete, right? He's coming off the, you know, the shoulder surgery in November. He was ruled out for spring practice. Uh, the hope was that he would be ready full go, 100% in time for fall camp this month. So in the interim, Brewer comes in here. He's working with the offense. He's working with the coaching staff. Uh, he's going through spring ball. He has the big spring game like we all know about. And Kyle Whittingham this whole time was very effusive in his praise of Brewer, you know, you don't really hear Kyle Whittingham, Kyle Whittingham gushing about anybody, but he was gushing about Charlie Brewer. So I think from that standpoint and given his resume at Baylor, I think it was, it was Brewers to lose. 
I thought that it would wind up this way the whole time. But credit to Cam Rising. Again, with the shoulder surgery, he, you know, he was able to get healthy, and, and he made it a real, legit competition, and it was a real decision-making process. And I think it was, uh, I think it was probably harder and more competitive than maybe the coaching staff thought it was. Um, I always thought that we were going to end up here with Brewer getting the job. Yeah. Uh, the way we got here was just a little different than I think we all thought. So, Josh, uh, earlier in the show, Scotty and Austin and I, all three of us, agreed that if the Utes get great quarterback play this season, they would, I, I think, and I think you guys agree with me, that uh, they are strong contention to win the conference this year. Are we up in the night, or do you agree? No, I agree. I agree. Um, I think Brewer brings, at, at a very minimum, Brewer brings an element to that position that this Utah team hasn't had, at least in the recent past. And look, that's not to say that Tyler Huntley wasn't really good, and you know, and Brian Johnson, and all these guys. But you're getting a graduate transfer with 44 games of Power Five experience in, in Brewer. Right? He's played in a Big 12 title game. He threw for over 200 yards in a sugar bowl. He's won 11 games in a season as a starter. Utah has never had that. So, yeah, I I agree. I think with Brewer at the wheel here now, I think that, look, I already thought that Utah was going to contend for the Pac-12 South. This only strengthens, you know, that conviction, right, that Utah can be a factor. Um, Look, you're the betting favorite in the first four games, okay? Weber State, BYU, San Diego State, Washington State, and then you got to go to USC. And we all know that you know Utah has had more than its fair share of trouble at USC. If you're going to win the Pac-12 South, you got to win at the Coliseum. Um, is this, is this the kid to get it done? This big armed, you know, Power Five quarterback with almost 10,000 yards passing? I think so, but you still have to play the game. Man, let me get a Kleenex out before I say this. But can you imagine if Ty Jordan was available to the Utes this year? I mean, I'd pencil him in as league champs. Yeah, it's um, it's a shame. It's I, I I think about Ty Jordan often, not so much from a football standpoint, but from a from a personal standpoint. Look, COVID was weird, and you know we we never got to meet Ty Jordan, right? I never got to shake Ty Jordan's hand and um, and look him in the eye and 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 get to know him. I, I think about Ty Jordan a lot. Um, look, from a from a strictly football standpoint, credit to Kyle Whittingham because. Even before Ty Jordan's death, Kyle Whittingham had had made it clear late last season that he was going to hit the transfer portal looking for help anyway, even with Ty Jordan. So uh, with Ty Jordan no longer with us uh, and Jordan Wilmore transferred, Devin Brumfield transferred, Kyle and the coaching staff, they've hit the transfer portal hard. So you've got Chris Curry from LSU and TJ Pledger from Oklahoma, uh, Tavion Thomas, who's a junior college transfer. He's really kind of turned some heads in training camp. So um, new faces at the running back position, but that, that room is still pretty stacked. Morgan Scally uh, mentioned in the media scrum, and I'm, I'm assuming you heard these comments. Somebody asked about, you know, the 2019 comparisons that Kyle Whittingham has been throwing out. And he mentioned, hey, we're right there defensively. Front seven's good. Uh, if there was any concern he had, it would be experience in the defensive backfield. Uh, how concerned should Utah fans be about that defensive backfield? Because I look at the talent level, it looks great. I, I just, if the experience factor can be mitigated by that talent, I think they'll still be pretty good on the back end. What are your thoughts there? I think they're going to be good on the back end. And look, are they 
inexperienced. Yeah, look, Clark Phillips is a uh, is a second year guy. Uh, JT Brockton only got his first extended experience at cornerback last season. Um, but you know, you have to you have to be optimistic about it because don't forget these guys played five games last yeah. season. It's not like we didn't play football. There was you know they played five games. They got some experience. Um, that unit going into last season was a concern. I think going into this season, you look at it more of a strength. Um, and to your point about Morgan Scally, I thought he very astutely did did make one point. He said that um, they don't, you know, these these younger guys they don't have experience in terms of playing in a full stadium because now remember COVID, right? There was yeah. no fans in the stands. They've never played in front of fifty five thousand people at Rice Eccles. They've never played in front of seventy five thousand people at the Coliseum. So. That, to me, is the interesting part. How do these guys react to, you know, the crowd, the surges, the ebbs and flows of a game under normal conditions in a full stadium? You know, Josh, and the pressure is on the back end of that defense because teams generally can't run the ball on that UD. And so what do they do? They turn to the pass, right? Yeah. You know, consistently teams have turned to the pass. Uh, I think the interesting thing to you know to pay attention to was um, out of necessity last season, the back end guys they were playing more zone. There wasn't a whole lot of man. I think you know now with guys like Clark Phillips and JP Brockton, you're going to start seeing a lot more man, a lot more pressing, one on one, running with a receiver, trying to make a play, and that's what this Utah secondary under Morgan Scally is generally built to do: is to play man, run with a receiver. Um, make a play on the ball. You weren't seeing a ton of that last season. I, I think that was the reason for some of the struggles, uh, at least early early last season when they were playing zone. Uh, Josh Newman, kind enough to join us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. So, obviously, you know who the quarterback is right now, and he seems to be more than capable to handle that position. Where's your concern level at the wide receiver? I know Kyle Whittingham called out Solomon Enos, said that he's had himself a nice camp. But overall, from a wide receiver core, and I know they'll get a help because they've got a great core of tight ends, so that helps alleviate some some aspects of the passing attack. But where are you at on the wide receivers going into the start of the season? You know, I wouldn't call it a concern. Uh, I think there's definitely uh, questions once you get past the first few guys. I think Solomon Enos said on Saturday, and I'm paraphrasing here, Solomon Enos said that they were – they were pretty solid up to number five, uh, which means it's Britton Covey and Solomon Enos and Theo Howard, uh, Devon Vele, and the fifth is escaping me at the moment, but they um, they like five. They would like more than five. You know, uh, Covey and, and, uh, and Kyle Whittingham had said at various points during camp that, you know, they're optimistic that maybe five could turn into like seven or eight if things break right. But as you said, um, you can alleviate the fact by having five wide receivers by the fact that this Utah team utilizes the tight end as a pass catcher, right? We know what Brand Keithy is, right? All Pac-12 type of kid. Uh, Cole Fotheringham has been around the block. Now, um, Dalton Kincaid is a, is a curious type of, type of product for me. Um, he came in last year, played in a bunch of games. He was an FCS All-American um, in 2019, so we'll see if his role increases. Um, you know, again, wide receiver, not a concern. Question mark, maybe a little bit, but, you know, nobody sounds too concerned about it. I'll say that. Mm, okay. Josh, as you were talking about earlier, uh, the Utes have that early run, but uh, then they go down to the Coliseum. We had the Trojans beat writer from the register on, uh, I think it was what also what was it, a week ago or something like that. 
And I was surprised at how, how how negative he was about the Trojans. He made them sound like they were pretty vulnerable this year. I can't. Un- I don't understand why the Utes haven't been able to win at the Coliseum. I mean, I've covered a lot of those games, but maybe this is the year. Look, I know they've lost again. I'm, I have not covered a full Utah season yet, Gordon. You would know better than I, but I do know that you know that Utah has lost uh, at the Coliseum five. You know, their own five since joining the Pac-12. Uh, at least a couple of those five have been on, under some crazy circumstances. Look, even the game two years ago, right? in 2019 when Utah was stacked, you know, with all the seniors, that was some crazy circumstances with a backup USC quarterback. Uh, Zach Moss got hurt early in that game. Uh, I think there is something to be said for good fortune and staying healthy. There is an element of, I don't want to say luck, but, you know, crazy things tend to happen. Um, I think Utah's better. Like, I think, I think USC is very good. I think they're top 15, top 20 good. I think Utah's best now, especially now with Brewer at quarterback, I just think Utah's best is better than USC's best. Is there something about the Coliseum? Is there something about that road trip, you know, that they haven't been able to overcome? I don't know. But, you know, man to a man, all things equal, I just think Utah's better. Kyle Whittingham's a better coach than Clay Helton, in my opinion. I would agree with that, too. Josh, appreciate it, man. Great stuff, great insight, and uh, look forward to catching up with you again here soon. Be good, guys. Appreciate it. Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, Breaking right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Breaking the Charlie Brewer story. Uh, we expected that, but yeah. it's different. When you gotta when you got to put it down on paper, you know, and this is happening, then, you know, you gotta you got to be plugged in. So good for Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coming up, uh, coming up. I was going to say uh, Hans and Scotty, and and this time of the show usually it's um, whole world news. Is it uh, not sports? Or, oh, we got our market update coming yeah. up next. Not sports report comes in the uh, late in the four o'clock hour, which is always Austin's uh, highlight. He, One he, hour to glory here. One more hour to glory. He just loves it. I mean, he loves it. He I love the idea it. of what it was supposed to be. Yes, thank you. Because I stole that segment fair and square, and it has not turned into what I anticipated it would be. Because uh, you were looking for like celebrity news. I, yeah, a little celebrity you know, news, a little TMZ, little TMZ stuff. stuff, pop culture, you know, what people are talking about. You know, this movie's coming out, uh, this celebrity couple broke up. You know, not, not donkeys being eaten by alligators at uh, a kid's birthday party. Actually, was, tell me more. It was, a, it was a tiger. It was a tiger? It was in Mexico, yeah, Mexico City. Eight-year-old birthday party. Yeah, Austin they, brings that up often. Like, that was a mistake. Wait a minute. So there's a birthday party, and there was a donkey there, uh-huh. and a tiger came in and ate the donkey was, it, the at par- the birdie. The birthday. party was at the zoo, and the kids walked in and saw the, the donkey display, and at that moment, the tiger got into the donkey display and... Did what tigers do to donkeys. There was one where the alligator dragged something into a pit. That was a person. Well, (laughs) (laughs) something, a human being, actually. Uh, Well, if you watch the video of that, was it a crocodile or alligator that chomped down on that lady's hand and and tried to spin on her? And all these kids are still around the plexiglass. And there was one kid that was like... He was like, he wasn't nervous or anything, and he was just sitting there taking it all in. I'm like, he pulled his phone out and started filming. That kid's that kid. I don't, I don't he know what's going to happen to him. Jersey. Yeah, yeah, it was the Joe Ingles kid. 
And he's just sitting there watching it, and he's not. You, I, I don't think he's upset. He's not crying. He's just sitting there like, hmm. <laughs> And that kid's either going to grow up to be like the most even-killed person on the world or a serial killer. One of the two. Because he was just watching it and had like no emotion whatsoever. Like, I never want to play poker with that kid ever. Because he just like was sitting there like, well, isn't that interesting? That lady's about to lose her hand to that alligator. Hold on, Mom. I want to see where this goes. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he has like a block in his, uh, you know, in his system somewhere where you know some of the transmissions from the brain to the body don't. So serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe that was a bit too far. Scott, I'll yeah. admit that, but uh, still interesting. All right, this is 97.5, 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Camp is officially done for the University of Utah. They've named their starter. Charlie Brewer is the guy, but Kyle Whittingham still has a lot on his mind about his team as they get set for the start of the season next week. The only thing that concerns me is the old line. Everything else I think is addressed or on its way to being addressed. And our punter has gotten much better. You know, we'll see how he reacts when the bright lights are on. But he's done a nice job. And of course, we got an all pack 12 kicker returning and Jaden Redding. So we got a, hopefully a solid guy there. I'm going to tell you right now that uh, we've had a good camp and pretty much all the issues have been addressed and all the question marks, uh, with the exception of getting the five top linemen together. The most concerning thing right now is the continuity of the old line because it's been like a revolving door with guys getting getting dinged and so that needs to change we got to get those guys playing together as a unit and we're running out of time so that, that's the most concerning thing for me right now it's a pretty confident coach right there and this update brought to you by bullfrog spas are you looking for work bullfrog is hiring for range of assembly and other positions come be part of a fast-growing utah manufacturing team with full or part-time positions flexible shifts and competitive pay and benefits for more information go to bullfrogspas.com This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's The Big Show right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time to look at the markets, Gordon. All brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now anybody can be a day trader. Hands is, I am, Alema Harrington, who didn't even know how to start a computer. He is as well. <laughs> Visit TridayTrading.com. Uh, Alema didn't learn how to do that uh, growing up on the islands out there? He, I don't know. I just like having fun with Alema. He's a good guy. He's the best. Um, look, Scotty, there's all kinds of good reasons to get vaccinated. Yes. In my opinion. Agreed. Um, good health. Yeah. Most importantly. 
en masse, as it were. But the markets like it, too. En masse? Yeah. That's French or something, isn't it? Latin? What is you it? You mean in mass? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you got that. I didn't know what he meant. Would you grow up in Delco? En masse. Like, what, are we, like, on a rock in a stream somewhere? <laughs> you just call it Delco? Delco. No, he wouldn't. He knows better than that. I know. I've been there. We would have some problems. I'm pretty sure he did. No, no. I, did you say I, Delco? I did on I was joking. Oh, okay, no. so I, I've been there. I love that place. I know you do. Everything That's why changes. you can't call it Delco. I, I, I've, been, I've been on a complete tour of the, the, the town. Took a grand total of 15 minutes. It was fun, though. Anyway, Scotty, uh, the markets like the fact that the Pfizer vaccine got FDA approval today. Yes. And responded uh, in like manner, in a happy manner. The Dow was up 217 points nearly. Fun. I got it at 215. 215. Yep. I miss. You're all right. The NASDAQ. Was up uh, just shy of 228 points. I got tens of thousands of cocaine in my basement. <laughs> Whoa! What, what was that? Where did that drop come from? It's your voice saying those words in that order. I have no You're, recollection of this. Oh, I'm sure I pulled it from a not sports or a whole world news. Run that out. Can you, can you play that again? That's actually pretty good. I'm surprised Lloyd hasn't used the heck out of that. I got tens of thousands of cocaine in my basement. Tens of thousands of what, though? Were you, were you reading uh, that off of what somebody I'm, else had? I'm sure that's what that is, yes. How about the S&P 500? The S&P was up just shy of 38 points. And you got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, explain that one, Scott. I, that was a happy hour that I have no recollection <laughs> of whatsoever. You know, that's really funny. You guys still doing that on the road? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Even when you pick on us, we always laugh. Or almost always, I think. There's some voices that are very conducive to that. Uh, I think I have one. Uh, you and Jake definitely have one. And then we took uh, we had some fun with PK uh, last week about how he said some girl was trying to uh, claim he was her ex-boyfriend. Oh, yeah. He told me that story, too. He was very proud of that. Yeah, he was very proud of that. And you, you uh, gave him the treatment yeah, on that Yeah, we slowed one, that huh? down. Made him well, sound even thing, creepier than the original story. One sounded. thing I like about that whole thing is you guys pick on yourselves. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, it's Lloyd, who I think genuinely dislikes us, <laughs> and so anytime he can make us look bad, he's going to do it. Uh, is that dangerous? It sounds like there might be a trust issue between you and uh, and Lloyd. Um, we're working through some things. We'll get there though. I mean, Scotty, you've known him for twenty years. That's true. That is true. I remember you're, him with, when working. he was an intern. You're still working through this stuff? Yeah. Well, it's See, time. Jake, it's Jake, like him in marriage. It's going to take some time. Jake doesn't trust Lloyd at all. He thinks that everything that bad it, it happens around here, Lloyd's got a, a part in it somehow. I mean. Don't disagree. <laughs> How do you handle that? Uh, you tread very lightly. No, I'm joking. Lloyd's a good dude, and Lloyd could bury all of us if he wanted to. So... We we try to tread lightly at okay. point. Yeah, be good to him. He knows where the bodies are buried around here for sure. All right. It is the big show right here on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. Hey, get ready for the upcoming jazz season at the Jazz Team Store. End of summer sale going on August 26th through the 28th here at Vivint Arena. Get great deals on the latest jazz gear. 
you believe training camp is what four, three, four weeks away? Yeah, it's amazing. And and this, I love this time of year for sports because you had football, you had college, and the NFL, and and this year we should talk about this a little bit. How it seems to me like the local interest in NFL games will be higher, as higher as it's ever been because of the local influence, or at least the athletes coming out of the schools here playing a role for teams in the NFL, and then they got jazz basketball starting up. That doesn't get much better than that, Scotty. Uh, no. Uh, and the month of November is probably my favorite month of the year where you have NBA basketball, college basketball, NFL, and college football. It's a nightmare for doing play-by-play yeah, when you your got, life is really When they kind of overlap a little bit. Don't see much of the family in the month of November. But as far as just sheer sports consumption, doesn't get much better than that. Do you miss Thanksgiving usually? Uh, yeah, usually. Uh, last year I was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, oh. having a thanks- spy, huh? having Thanksgiving in a uh, in a uh, uh, what's the name of the place? The Wings place, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, nothing says Thanksgiving dinner like <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. And uh, your wife and kids just uh, they they make do. You know, we do. They go to relatives' homes. Yeah, right? or do. Uh, last year, they they had a Thanksgiving dinner. And then when I got home, and then we did a big one. Did it the right way that later that weekend. So, you know, mm-hmm. the only problem you run into is when my wife's birthday is right around Thanksgiving, and that that sucks when you have to be gone for your significant other's birthday. My anniversary is right in jazz playoff time. Oof. Just about every year. So. Yeah, you probably had some I misses there. A few, yeah. yeah. But you do what you got to do. Talk a little Arizona football. What it's do you expect from Porsche? <laughs> That's how you make up for it. Uh, that has happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. All right, we'll talk some Arizona football coming up next. What to expect from the Wildcats when the Cougars are get set to do battle against Arizona and then the Utes later on in the year. It's all right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. I know that there's a lot of different rumblings and there's been a lot of different news about starting quarterbacks, but if you were listening to Scotty and I all through camp, there is no breaking news. It's just the same old news that we've been talking about. We all knew it was going to be Charlie Brewer. And you may have heard people say, oh, it's closer than you think. And Cam Rising put a heck of a battle up there, but it was always going to be Charlie Brewer. I always talked about, you know, Cam Rising is, he won a quarterback job there once, but you saw the quarterback he won the job over. Yeah. Charlie Brewer is much better. There was a nice battle, but at no point, and this should be more reassuring to Utah fans than anything, at no point did Cam Rising actually take that job back from Charlie Brewer. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.